Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back on the Ohioan. We are recording this on uh, Thursday night. Man, this week is getting away from me. I almost <laughs> forgot for a second. And I mentioned that because it's kind of a timely podcast. We had, um, hmm, it was funny. Sometimes Rachel and I talk before we uh, you know, have our interview each week. And we're like, boy, I don't know what to talk about. Or what, there's not one singular topic to talk about. And I think even before we discuss via chat today, we knew <laughs> there was a, a lot of big stuff happening. Uh, most notably, yesterday, um, the House and Senate tried to pass a bill to regulate what the health orders are and, and what their role is in deciding what the health orders are. Uh, Governor DeWine has said this. He, he's going to veto it. Uh, he's vetoed such bills in the past. He vetoed it, but the House and Senate actually had the votes. They overrode it. So unless something happens court-wise in June, DeWine and the um, health department can make health orders, but right now the House and Senate have the right to override it. So uh, starting in June. So it's going to be interesting. And Rachel's here. We're going to try to talk about that. So help help me figure out – I mean, I think I kind of explained it, but give some context of what exactly happened over the past couple of weeks with this. Sure. So the first thing people should know is our governor, Governor DeWine, is a Republican. The state house is also controlled by Republicans in the House and Senate, uh, but the state house Republicans tend to be a lot more conservative, a lot more far right than the governor. And the governor has been issuing these health orders throughout the pandemic, uh, the mask order, for example, and different rules for businesses, that sort of thing. And the state house wanted to get rid of those orders. They wanted the, the ability to override the governor's health orders and make their own decisions basically on, on health orders. Uh, so the, they passed a bill, the governor vetoed it, but right now in the state house, there's what's called a supermajority of Republicans, which means they have so many members that they have the numbers to override the governor's veto, basically force things into law all by themselves without the governor's approval. And that is what happened with this bill. What was it, 66% you need to override? It's Yeah, it's it's different. It's two-thirds or three-fifths, depending on the type of veto. This was a three-fifths override. Okay, okay. But, yeah, so they have – there's that many Republicans in the state house that they have those votes um, if they all stand together. And they even can afford to lose a couple Republicans and still have the veto override votes, which we saw happen yesterday. Do you think, and you've said this, and I agree, and I think it's very interesting, that state politics are kind of a different animal than national politics. I mean, obviously, you're not talking about the exact same topics. It is kind of weird, though, that the 
sharp division that obviously we see in the national side, it's really happened in the state side. Is that surprising at all? It seems like everyone's dug in the trenches, you know, if you're a Republican or Democrat, mostly. It's very interesting because it's it's Ohio's Republicans are showing us the divide in the National mm-hmm. Republican Party. There's yeah. the the more old school Republicans like Mike DeWine, and then there's the more extremist far right Republicans like the state house legislators tend to be. And it's really playing out in Ohio like that because the Democrats often don't have any say at all in the process at the moment in Ohio. So I'm trying to figure out how this all works. So it, this takes effect June, I'm assuming June 1st, or is it mid-June? How much so did they said date? The bill goes into effect 90 days from now. Okay. Uh, but then there's something in the law that says that 30 days after that, the current health order goes away. So the current mask order will go away 30 days, so 120 days from now, which is you know, risky because we don't know what COVID, what the pandemic is going to look like in a couple months. Hopefully folks will be vaccinated enough that it won't cause a big problem, but we don't know that. Um, And even beyond that, if the governor issues any more health orders after 90 days from now, the state house will have the power to get rid of those health orders if they feel like it. So we're actually, I read something about June, but with four months, we're actually looking into July, right? Probably into July when this changes. Okay. And the thought would be is, so after this happens, the governor could say, hey, I've got a health care order, but then the legislator could just immediately jump in and say, let's take a vote. And is it like a 50% majority? I mean, how, how do they decide how to get rid of that order? That's what I'm a little bit unclear on. So they have to keep the governor's order for, I believe, 30 days. And then okay. after that, they're allowed to get rid of it if they want. And I believe it's just a simple majority vote. Uh, which okay. they have easily in both chambers. The Republicans have easy, simple majorities. So in essence, he could set a health order and at least it would be in effect for 30 days. Right. But, you know, okay. back to the beginning of the pandemic, uh, if the governor had issued that mask order and then 30 days later, the legislature had the power to get rid of it, you know, th- not being partisan, that would have led to a lot more cases in Ohio. It probably oh, yeah. would have led of to course. more deaths. It is... This is a, a shocking move by the state house. It really is an example of extremism that that surprises me, which is why we have even some Republicans in both chambers broke away from their own party and voted not to override the veto yesterday. And the thing that is mysterious, we've let's put it this way: I've heard the argument that even some, you know, people may have a lot of people may have thought, "Hey, Dewine didn't go far enough." And it's amazing because I know the language of people who are, are opposed to a conservative approach to the pandemic, you know, hey, stay home, wear a mask, social distance and everything. You would think that in Ohio, it's still kind of lenient compared to other states, thinking back to all the restrictions. It, it's funny because we're taking these health orders away when some might argue, hey, the wine probably didn't go far enough in the first place. It's kind of, It's kind of an interesting dynamic there. Yep, it's and I've never understood the anti-mask feeling because if we all wore masks, maybe we could keep the businesses open and go into restaurants and just you know be safer with that tiny little ad- addition of a mask. I've never really understood that mentality anyway. So you're right. There's yeah. always going to be there's always going to be a whole wide range of opinions on this. The question now is why does the legislature have all the power of decision making? And the one thing we were talking about is how. 
technically would just work because a lot of times when there's a health order, is it just saying, hey, we like you to wear masks? There's usually like six different levels or, hey, here's how we handle proms or, you know, there's a lot of guidance and everything coming out. So I would assume in this particular case, they'll probably just say, oh, health orders, everybody out. But could they look at things individually? Like, I'm not envisioning that's how it's going to happen. It just goes, you know, as things continue into July. But are, are we striking individual things out they want? I mean, how exactly does that work? There's a lot of pieces in the law about uh, the power of local boards to local health boards that are really yeah. troubling. Uh, one piece for me that's especially troubling is that local health boards will only be allowed to issue, you know, stay-at-home type orders to folks who have been medically diagnosed with the illness or folks who have come in direct contact with them. So that would basically get rid of all health orders um, effectiveness. You know, if you can only make people stay home who are already sick, what is the point at all? It's a very interesting because we won't be able to take it case by case with the way this law is written. Well, and the other thing that's hard is, you know, this isn't like 50 years ago when we all lived in one county and we worked in one mm -hmm. county, we went to church in one county, we grocery shopped in one county. I mean, you know, I'm getting my COVID vaccine an hour away. Just going to find one anywhere else. So, you know, we live kind of a more transient life, even during a pandemic like this. So how do you even track that? Because we're all moving around. I mean, you know, if you live in one county, you may spend most of your time in another county, you know, depending on where yep. you work and everything. So. Wow. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is this is an intense move by the legislature, and I'm hopeful that we will be beyond the worst parts of COVID by the time this law goes into effect. But I don't know what's going to happen the next time there's a health emergency and this law already yeah. exists. That's going to be it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I say this. Uh, I keep reminding people we're recording this on Thursday, but you never know what might happen later tonight, early tomorrow. Um, DeWine was asked during a press conference today. He didn't reveal too much of his hand if it was going to go to court. I mean, I think you could kind of assume that they're going to try to, you know, protest this in court. Um, any feeling how that might go? I am hopeful that someone files a lawsuit against it, but uh, not a lawyer, so I don't know what the yeah. odds are of that working or going all the way up. And, you know, we do have, we also have a Republican majority on the Supreme court in Ohio as well. Uh, so mm. there is, there's always the chance that even if we go through the Ohio court system, that it still ends up the same way. So it'll be, it's all Republican versus Republican at every branch of government in Ohio, which will be interesting to watch. Well, and here's the million dollar question. And, you know, I think from a safety point, you know, Hey, it's, you know, Governor DeWine kind of bucked, bucked his own party, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, so it was almost like a last governor, John Kasich, which, you know, especially after he was governor, he kind of bucked people in the yeah, – I'm saying bucked. People are like, oh, is he cussing? No, I'm saying bucked, not the other <laughs> word. Uh, but, no, but he kind of went against his own party. Um, Kasich did that kind of in opposition to former President Trump. Um, you know, DeWine kind of did that, you know, with a lot of people based on how he handled COVID and everything. You know, it's going to be interesting. I, I mentioned you beforehand, Jake Zuckerman of Ohio Capitol General had a tweet kind of looking at stuff like gun control. And, um, you know, we talked about that, how it was kind of mysterious what happened with his decision there. And it sounded like the Republicans in the House and Senate had control over him. So it's going to be interesting. And even former President Trump kind of threw out there, hey, primary. And it was funny because Governor Dwight ran his presidential campaign in Ohio, too, which is kind of a, well, at least chaired it. 
it's, it's kind of interesting to see what might happen. I, I was telling you beforehand, I, I guess if I had to gamble on this, I don't know if he survives the primary, to be honest with you, which sounds unusual if we said this a year ago, you know? Yes, it is. I mean, it's, I would expect some kind of primary uh, from the far right against Governor DeWine, which is unusual, you know, to primary your own party's governor. Um, right. But you're right. We've seen the power of the far right in Ohio with gun reform as well. The governor wanted things like background checks and red flag laws. And instead, he ended up signing a stand your ground bill, which is the exact opposite of what he wanted. So it is it shows the power of where the far right is in Ohio. And I can expect for sure uh, at least one primary challenger from that side of the party. And, you know, you talk, well, there's been talk national politics saying the Republican Party is a rift against, you know, more moderate Republicans versus, you know, Republicans who are mostly support former President Trump. It'll be interesting. Um, you know, DeWine said this in the press conference today. He's like, hey, I feel comfortable being a Republican. Everything's good. But I kind of wonder. I mean, I think it'd be shocking if he ran as an independent or if he ran as a Democrat. But like I said, boy, it's going to be a tough ride for him. Um, running as Republican, which I, I, I'm sure he's going to. I, I just, you know, it'd be a crazy move, but maybe he runs as independent. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's going to be very hard. I, I can definitely uh, tell that. So, and I wonder what how that's going to like shape the race for the Democrat government too. I mean, obviously, Democrats want to put their best foot forward and bring the best person, but that's going to probably shape the race on their end too. And pretty much depending on who comes out of the Republican primary. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And I kind of wondered, too, uh, I thought it was funny. A couple of weeks ago, they are asking uh, DeWine when uh, former health director Amy Acton, she's still considering a run for U.S. Senate. She hasn't officially decided yet. And DeWine wisely kind of sidestepped that issue. But it's funny, Josh Mendel, who's no stranger to state politics, he's definitely pushing for U.S. Senate race. And it's funny how he's lumped DeWine and Acton together based on what happened here in Ohio. So I'm wondering if it turned out to be like a Mandel versus Amy Acton race, how, you know, Mandel might try to loop them together, which would be awkward, especially if DeWine's facing a, a fight. It's, it's going to be really interesting election season in Ohio and nationally, too, with, with all that stuff, too. You're right. And, you know, we had a lot of nationwide and in Ohio, especially in the suburbs, we had a lot of Republicans vote against their own party, vote against Donald Trump, vote against that yeah. far right that we're seeing. So maybe there's enough folks of that wing of the Republican Party who don't want to see uh, the Josh Mandels of the world. Maybe they want to see Mike DeWine be the future of their party. Uh, and so it'll it'll be really interesting who comes out. And especially yeah. now that Donald Trump's name actually isn't on the ballot, it's just people trying to represent him. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see who comes out and, and who they vote for. Well, every time I talk about state and national politics, they tell me, hey, we got a long way to go. And I, I got a feeling there's going to be other candidates there. I can't believe it's going to be a Josh Mandel and Gene Timken versus the possible Amy Act. I'm sure we're going to see more candidates, especially locally. I mean, really, I don't think there's been any Democrat officially put their toe in the ring for a, you know, the governor race yet, right? I mean, we, we've talked about I don't think officially, couple- nope. Yeah. I mean, we have a couple bets that we had to pick. I, I think they're pretty safe bets, but nothing's been decided yet, so it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I'd expect to start seeing some of those announcements here in the next month or so, for sure. Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting time. And, you know, for not just for politics side, but just for a safety point, again, hopefully COVID goes down, especially if we 
have health orders go away quicker than we think. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. And it, it's sad. I was telling you before the podcast, you know, I saw my wife, hey, we may have to make our own choices. we got two kids with special needs, and this transcends politics. This transcends each family's got to put their heads together and say, hey, what keeps them safe? And it would be nice to have a little bit more oversight from people in power. <laughs> and if not, you know, families are just going to have to say, hey, what are we going to do? You know? So yes. I want to encourage everyone to get vaccinated. Uh, you can find locations at gettheshot.coronavirus.ohio.gov. Go find a location, even if you have to drive a little bit, because you're right, it might end up being us deciding for ourselves how to stay safe after this bill goes into effect. Yeah, I've got my shot planned on Monday. I really want to get done Monday because that was my off day from work. I couldn't find anything in Columbus. And people were kept like, well, check this, check that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have all day to refresh. So I'm heading to the great city of Mansfield. I'm going to make the little trek up there and get taken care of. But yeah, I encourage everybody, you know, get your vaccination. It'll be good. I, I know. I really briefly before we end, I, I was talking to somebody. Well, we actually said this on our morning podcast. We we're talking about gun control and the awful shooting and what could happen mm-hmm. locally and, you know, statewide and across the country, you know, with guns as well as COVID, when things happen, we have to change the way we live our lives. Like COVID, even if you hate the mask, even if you hate the vaccine, your life changed in some way. You did something different. Like you weren't every day driving around and, you know, hanging out with people and stuff like that. Right. I think we got to approach guns the same way. I mean, I'm not in, interested in taking away everybody's gun, but after seeing all these shootings, you just can't, we can't do it the way we're doing it. And yeah, we can have a discussion on what steps we need to take, but I, I just think it's crazy. And, and, and we've had, I know we focus on state politics here, but we had that debate here in state politics where it was like nobody wanted to do anything. It's like, you know, let's take that step. And same thing with COVID, you know, you don't have to wrap yourself up like a mummy, but. Take care of yourself, take care of other people, get vaccinated, wear a mask, and stay away from people. <laughs> it's always a good... We got a nice break from the shootings last year because COVID yeah. kept everyone at home, and that's not the way it should be. It shouldn't just right. be during a pandemic that we don't deal with mass shootings every day. And You're right, something's got to change, and I don't know what it is, but it, we can't keep living the same way. Well, and the sad thing I have is, you know, it's funny. I wanted to say something on Facebook. And, you know, we'll post this on Facebook, so I'm sure I'll get some hate from people for saying this. But, you know, I kind of looked at it. And I, last week, I want to say, man, it breaks my heart to see people die from guns. Not even a political comment. I was going to say, yeah, I got a vaccine. But I'm sitting here like saying those two things are about as outlandish as me cursing somebody on Facebook. You know, it, it's, it's wild the society we live on <laughs> when something as simple as, it's awful to see gun, you know, people die of gun violence, and yay, I got a vaccine. can be very controversial. We're, we're way too political. And I know you and I like talking politics each week, but it's weird when it becomes a life and death issue. I mean, I almost like talking politics like, like talking sports. But when we're getting the issue where we get so entrenched in these feelings that could harm lives, ugh, it, it drives me bonkers, to be honest with you. Yeah, I like to think that most Ohioans are reasonably minded and that it's just the far right who are the loudest uh, who get the most attention, but that it's not most folks feel in that way that, you know, getting a shot, wearing a mask, not that big a deal. Everybody's doing it. Well, I think it's a good time for 
everybody that's somewhat in the middle. If you're in the middle of the left-hand side of the equation or the middle of the right-hand side of the equation, yeah, it's time to speak up. I, I think a lot of times the people like yelling the laws for people on extremes of either side, everyone get part of it. And that's uh, that's what I like about your group, um, how things work at the Ohio State House. You're taking something that not everybody talks about, unfortunately, but trying to make it simple, trying to make it easy, and trying to say, hey, this is why you should care. So, yeah, everyone check out um, Rachel's Facebook site, uh, how things work at the Ohio State House. Uh, what's the latest thing going on there so people know what to look for? We are talking a lot about the veto override right now. Uh, we've yes, been I can holding yeah, holding legislators accountable for how they voted. Uh, we're also going to be doing a lot with the budget going forward. And we still have those big protest bills moving that we talked about uh, a week oh, or yeah. two ago on this podcast. Yeah. So big things happening in our group. Yeah, unfortunately, the override kind of dominated things. But yes, yeah, right that now mean there's nothing else to talk about. I mean, obviously, uh, override's a big issue. But yeah, it, there will always be things to talk about. And yeah, stay tuned. We're we're talking about doing other things with this too. Uh, we got to figure some stuff out. But yeah, really excited for you to come on each week and uh, talk about the uh, never-ending Ohio politics. It's just it's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for happened. having so, me. It's yeah, no so much to say. Yes, I know. I mean, I keep thinking, oh, I forget stuff. It's wearing me out today. Just <laughs> yesterday, it's one thing when it's from news, but it's another thing when I, I have to look at my family and have a serious talk with my wife and say, I don't know what to do. I mean, it's one thing if it's something fun we could talk about, like who's running for governor. It's another thing where I'm like, geez, this might change our life <laughs> for the summer. That's where it gets kind of weird. So, all right. Well, as always, Rachel, thanks for your time. Hang out for a second. And again, everyone, thanks for checking out the Ohio and subscribe. Uh, click on our support button. It's how you can support us. Uh, if you donate money, you get entries to win our contest. And check our latest podcast, Hope Interrupted, with Byron McCauley and Jennifer Mooney as they talk about how to communicate cross-culturally and try to solve some of these political arguments that we were having. It's a great book, so check it out. Uh, thanks. Have a great day.